This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 32. What Dan learned last year. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And I didn't learn very much. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. All right. Uh, this is the third in our series of three podcasts. Um, I'm talking about the most important thing we felt we learned in the previous year. Um, we're going to focus on Dan this time. Dan, what did you learn this last year? What's the most important thing you learned? The most important thing I learned in the past year is that being a full-time author is a lot more work and different kinds of work than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Explain. Well... I kind of imagined in my head this delightful paradise in which I got to sit in my pajamas all day <laughs> at a computer and write these magnificent stories and then send them off and then they would magically be turned into books. And that's not apparently how uh, the publishing industry works. Uh, I don't know. I do the pajamas part a lot. Well, yeah, the pajamas <laughs> part. I can explain that, that usually. Way once. Mm. Yeah, but it turns out um, that there's a lot of other stuff going on. We've talked about uh, self-employment in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had the shocking realization that in addition to being a writer, I was also a business owner. I spend a lot of time uh, with financial stuff, with taxes. Um, also, there's edits with the book. There's back and forth with your editor all the time. Um, now that we have you know, the internet and fan things to keep up on. Sitting in your blogging, pajamas doing all this rewrites. Stuff. That's yeah. <laughs> not quite as glorious. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's not as thrilling. Let's break these things down. Business person, I think that surprises a lot of us. It surprised me that we don't realize being a writer equals being a small business owner. Mm -hmm. um, when I was young and I thought about writing, I just assumed, oh, writers are employed by publishers. Um, most of you probably know that's not the case, um, but you do. You are an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. is, is essentially, there how are they, some yeah. writers who are employed that by their true. publishers, yeah. but those writers are typically columnists employed by newspapers, right. yeah. and that business model is falling apart. Right. Well, for and we we tend to we focus on writing fiction. Right. Mm -hmm. um, writing fiction, specifically novels, but even short stories. Um, you are generally not going to be any kind of staff writer, even if you're writing in an established world like Star Wars and something like this. You are being contracted to do this work, yep. essentially, yeah. um, which makes for all sorts of craziness. You know, none of us, we, we all took English, we were in, well, except for Howard. <laughs> we all, you we too, all. were English. You know, we as the general writers, people who dream of being writers, we tend to go into the humanities and have no clue that if this actually pans out, we're going to be small business owners. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in publishing especially, one of, the, one of the big shocks for me was uh, promotion. Okay. Um, if, especially if you're big, a, your publisher will do a lot of promotion for you. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot that you have to do for yourself. Okay, there's like an what? awful lot of that. Um, well, now, you, now, now all of a sudden my train of thought is gone. Uh, one of the things that uh, you, you have to do is um, I've got... Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Train of thought is not coming back. I thought I could talk myself into it. <laughs> Howard, you do a lot of self-promotion. <laughs> Tell us about it. I do a lot of self-promotion. Um, nice I'll, start with the, I'll start with the internet stuff. Um, daily, I am checking the assorted schlock mercenary forums. Now, that's, that's already been front-loaded. Those communities have been established. I have, uh, you know, I've delegated to several people the responsibility of, you know, managing the technology sides of those forums. My job is to show up periodically, put in an appearance, say something clever, um, 
stop a fight if there's one of those happening, and then move on and you know and, mm -hmm. and get on with other work. And that doesn't sound like much. It sounds uh, it sounds pretty easy, but if I don't do it, those communities start to fall apart. Yeah. And those communities are critical for me because mm -hmm. the people who are passionate about discussing my work are the people who are passionate about buying the next installment of my work. Mm -hmm. And I need to I need to keep so, them passionate. Let's talk about fan interaction. What about, you, you said the most important thing you learned is that it's more work than you thought. So let's dig in and, and say what were your expectations and how were they broken and how can our listeners prepare better. Well, we got the expectations. The expectations were pajamas. <laughs> yeah, but what about fan interaction? You with with fan interaction, I knew that I would have to do that, especially because I've been going to cons for a long yeah. time. Um, but, uh, you know, the website is a good one. Howard mentioned that. Um, I did not realize going into this the importance of having a website, and that I think is crucial, you know, e even for a novelist today, and someone who doesn't rely on, uh, on the internet business model mm -hmm. the way Howard does. Um, you have to have that website there because that's what people expect and that means that I had to design one. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, I had someone else build it for me, but I had to tell them everything to put on oh, it. Oh yeah, you had to say I, had to figure I want out, to look like this. Yeah, I had yeah. I, I want it to look like this. This is the information that I need. Uh, these are the kind of things that I expect my uh, readers to be looking for and that continues to evolve. Um, I do have a, a small but growing little forum community there. Um, and, and so that's taking off. The other thing is, one of the cool things is that the three of us and some other authors share some forum space on right. a Time Waster's Guide. And so I, I consider part of my job being bringing in other new authors. And we've just recently added uh, April Lynn Pike, whose book will have already been out by the time this podcast airs. It came um, out yesterday. Yeah, it, it came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, she's a new author who I think is going to be very successful. And uh, so... I had I spent some time and we brought her on and she shares our forum now. We're trying to build communities like that mm -hmm. so we can cross-pollinate our fan bases and, and grow them that way. Okay. So fan interaction, business person, let's talk about all let's set those things aside. You were also surprised by the amount of time that you spend working that you're not writing. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard you talk about this before. What are you doing during that time? Um, a lot of research. Uh, and this might just be because I fell into my first book that got published was one that I already knew a ton about, and so I didn't have to do a lot of research. Um, okay. I was already kind of researching serial killers as a hobby, and I didn't consider it work. Now that I'm starting new stuff, there's a lot of work. Uh, now that an editor is going through my previous stuff with a fine-toothed comb, I realize I have to actually support all the wild claims I make and the descriptions that I use of embalming and of uh, criminal profiling. And so I need to go back and uh, find, you know, more accurate ways to depict those things. Okay. And that's a lot of work that I okay. didn't realize was coming. Okay. Uh, let's break here for a commercial. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and buy ourselves a snack. And we're back. Still talking with Dan about what he learned last year. So let's talk about editing, Dan. This took more time than you anticipated it to take? Yes, it did. Um, I guess I, I didn't, not, not so much that I anticipated it not taking much time, but that I didn't 
I, I wasn't expecting to be doing it at all. I mean, obviously you do. <laughs> yeah. But, right. you, you know. You thought you were going to hand your book to somebody else and have them make it good? Yeah. I, I, but, for example, um, I was just starting uh, my third book when my editor sent my first book back to me and said, yeah. all right, here's all the changes. I've gone through this. Here's all these suggestions for it. Here's all these things I noticed. And Go we need this. it in a week. Yeah. This, that's one of the things that really um, <laughs> surprised me was mm-hmm. how, how quickly they would want these things. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I've said it before. I, I would write my books years ahead, send them in. They would sit there and sit there and sit there. But you never look at the book that's years ahead. You look at the one that's due next month. Yeah. And then eventually they would get to mine. I thought naively that if I turned it in early, they would work on it early and we, none of us would mm-hmm. have. No, that's not how it happens. Okay. And the reason that expectation for authors is broken is because we don't have firm schedules. Right. The publication company has yes. a firm schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got employees in that office nine to five or right. seven to eight or you know, whatever the hours you know they have yeah. to work in order to get this done. They've got a publication schedule, a marketing mm-hmm. schedule, a publicity schedule, yep. and you have to plug into that. And when it's time to do edits, they know that they can count on you to drop whatever you're doing and write some stuff. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. This well, is why maybe. it's good to be me. <laughs> yeah. Um, really, it, it really happens in the, I, I was, my eyes were completely opened, turning things in early and then them still yeah, coming and matter. say, you know, caking if up they to work the on it early, the yeah. only reason for them to work on it early is if they think they can find a publication slot for it early. Right. And right. if they get an early slot for it, that means... It's still hurry up and yeah. get these oh, edits done in a week. Oh, now we need this week. done tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there, there's yeah. a lot of little emergencies like that that show up. after. Uh, right now, the U.S., because of the weird publishing, the U.S. publisher is just now getting to the, to the point where they're looking at my, my first book. And so they were in one of their meetings with it, and the marketing people had read it, and they really loved it, and they were thinking about, you know, how can we place this and where should we go with this? And my editor mentioned that he had just finished the second one, and that it was also really good. And they said, oh, great, we want to read it. So he called me, and he said, hey, they want to read this, but uh, I want you to change some stuff first, and we need this by uh, tomorrow morning. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to write an entire new chapter and fix several other things um, to make this presentable just to the marketing people, let alone the, you know, then another week that I had to spend later to get it ready to go to the uh, copy edit stage. And then they will, there's also things like um, the cover copy and the marketing copy, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, the descriptions of your book that will go on the jacket or that will go to the marketing folks. And those will just come to you and the editor editor will say, hey, I wrote this, I just turned it in. And you'll go into panic mode because you'll read this and it gives away the ending. And you're like, why'd you give away the ending? Like, oh, I didn't realize, I, you know. Mm-hmm. Or someone in marketing wrote the copy. Or, and yeah. you have to be able to drop everything and focus on getting that rewritten or giving suggestions to your editor on how to rewrite it or this and that. I would say t- taking this and theming it toward our listeners, um, what can you do? Um, you can learn to deal with interruption. I think mm-hmm, that's yeah. going to be, and I don't mean interruption like, you know, the phone rings. No, I'm interruption. Task switching. Yeah. Task switching. Yeah. Be able to stop writing and start writing something completely different. Right. Be able to stop writing and start writing a, a, you know, a new synopsis or new yeah. marketing copy. Yeah. Uh, stop writing, you know, the middle of chapter three and start editing uh, chapter 61 of the book that you wrote two years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always a bump there. It always stops me. And then the bigger bump is getting back into what I was doing before. Yeah. That's a killer of a bump. 
And I'm not sure how to suggest to, to people to practice for that because it has blindsided me a number of times, and it's actually ruined books, I've never, ones I haven't published, <laughs> because I get stopped for several months, and I can't come back to that book. I eventually have to scrap the whole project because I'm not, wasn't mm -hmm. used to. Whatever momentum yeah. you had yep. was, was gone. Yeah. I, I think one of the ways that uh, people can prepare themselves for that kind of thing is, first of all, we've talked about a schedule. Try to get yourself onto a schedule if you can. I mean, we, uh, the publisher obviously has their own deadlines they need to meet. Try to set those for yourself where possible so that you uh, can work with, yeah, get used to working yeah, yeah, inside of that deadline, environment. Working, working to a schedule. The other thing that I've found is that, uh, you know, I, I've had a pretty rigid schedule for quite a while. When I started working on the XDM project with Tracy Hickman, um, I had to change my schedule in order to get the work done. And sometimes you have to do that. You look at your schedule and say, well, I need to squeeze another three hours out of the day for the next month in order to get this done. Where are those three hours coming from? Mm -hmm. And be flexible enough to adjust your schedule and then, and then it's gonna get nudged back and uh, it's crazy. But being able to do that is one of the abilities that, as I alluded to earlier, one of the abilities that your publisher, your editor, expect you to have. Mm -hmm. I think uh, in terms of task switching, that actually might be easier for uh, the struggling author than it is for the full-time author, because that's kind of the environment they write in anyway. At least I used to. You know, so I, it's not something they need to be practicing. Yeah, See, I, 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 I never I, did. You, um, you never did because, uh, because you had you kind of built your life around the writing schedule that you wanted, right. which is fantastic if you can do it. I wrote uh, I Am Not a Serial Killer in two-and-a-half-hour chunks every night for a while. You know? See, but that was, you weren't stopping for three months in the middle That's of the book. That's true. This yeah. is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Task switching is, is you've got to put that book aside and be able to get back into it. Mm -hmm. um, training yourself to be able to get in back, getting back into things is very difficult for someone who's, um, who's an outline writer like me. Um, that, um, <clears throat> how should I say, like a lot, of, a lot of discovery writers, it's very easy for them to write themselves in. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. With me, there's momentum. I spend a lot of time planning, and then I start the ball rolling, and then I bully through my, um, my outline to the ending. And if I stop, I've got to start that momentum again, and that's very difficult for me yeah. to do. It is. All right. Um, let's wrap this up with a, a writing prompt from um, Mr. Wells. A writing prompt. All right. I want you to uh, write the first page of a story and then stop and write the first page of a different story and then go back and finish the first story. Okay. All right. You know, part of the fun of these podcasts is listening to us make each other struggles. <laughs> We're trying to come up with writing and prompts. This has been Writing Excuses. Join us next week for the last episode of the season. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. 
I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 